So Christophe Richer from uh, IRD. So first of all, I would like to thank you for taking the time to uh, talk to us with uh, about the 2D Point and Different Map study. Uh, may I ask you to shortly introduce yourself? Sure, and thank you for inviting me. My name is Richard Fury. I'm a rheumatologist, in fact, chief of rheumatology at Northwell Health, which is located in New York. Okay, thank you. Would you summarize your uh, thought about the anifolimab tulip one study? Uh, absolutely. But before I talk about tulip one, let me just refresh your memory about the phase two study, which was called MUSE. A very robust data set was generated in MUSE demonstrating that anifrolimab, which is an antibody to the type 1 interferon receptor, provided a lot of clinical activity in patients with extra renal lupus. We saw improvements in rash, we saw improvements in arthritis. In fact, every metric pretty much that we looked at improved significantly. So in summary, very robust data. That led as a foundation to the phase 3 program, which included two studies, TULIP-1 and TULIP-2. TULIP-1 looked at three different treatment arms, placebo, low dose, which was 150 milligrams of anafrolimab, and 300 milligrams of anafrolimab. Anafrolimab was administered intravenously every four weeks until week 48. And the endpoint was at week 52 and consisted of the SRI-4. Unfortunately, the primary endpoint was not met. There were some secondary endpoints that trended towards improvement. But then we're trying to figure out why such robust phase two data, yet a failed phase three TULIP-1. And that led to the conclusion that there were issues with the restricted medication rules. It turned out that 8% of the patients were considered misclassified inadvertently because they took NSAIDs. And what that means is that a patient may have taken an NSAID for headache or some other you know, trivial matter and they were classified as a medication non-responder. And the reason for this is that in the composite endpoints that we use, either SRI or BICLA, medication use is monitored and if it's a restricted medication, then they are considered non-responders. This led to a meeting uh, convened by the sponsor but included SLE experts and we revised the medication rules and the one in particular that needed revision was the NSAID rule. So a post hoc analysis did not change the primary endpoint. The SRI still did not achieve significance but many of the secondary endpoints, for example, the effects on skin, the effects on joints, and most notably, BICLA. The BICLA response actually looked quite significant with a delta of around 16 or 17 percentage points. So based on that, a revision was performed on the TULIP2 endpoint, and you'll hear about TULIP2 from my colleague Eric Morand. Exactly, yes, we have a podcast with Eric Murat. But uh, could you share with us your thoughts about the future of anifolimab? Well, uh, I think the future is promising. We had very robust phase two data, as I mentioned. Uh, in fact, TULIP1, which failed to meet its primary endpoint, reached many of the secondary endpoints, despite 
having to uh, revise the, the medication rules. And I think TULIP2 really does add to the evidence that anafrolumab is effective for patients with systemic lupus. So I think, but this is my opinion and my opinion only, I think the future is bright for anafrolumab. Thank you a lot. Thank you.